It's I love my church Sunday. It goes along with Valentine's Day, amen. You don't realize that Valentine's Day is right around the corner. You better remember before the 14th, okay? Especially if you're married or you have a sweetheart, make sure you get something for them. You say, well, I took them to the banquet. That's all I need. You need to do a little bit more, amen. Johnny, would you do that being the romanticist that you are? Okay, now you got to buy, he's got to buy you something, ma'am. I just did that from the pulpit. All right, so he's not going to lie up here. So you make sure you get these. We're going to talk about these in just a second. I also want you to pray for Bruce Fry. Bruce Fry will be here with us, and he's actually out in California where my daughter is. I think today my daughter and Josh are going to go out to eat with him and Brother, brother and Mrs. Chapel out there in California. But he, he shared a prayer request with my, with my daughter, and we really need to pray for him. He plays the acoustical guitar, and he'll, he'll come up here and he'll sing for us. But he has torn a ligament in his middle finger on his left hand. And he has to have surgery on that. We need to make sure we pray for him because that's his livelihood. He comes into all these churches and sings for them. And I know that he would appreciate it. We got some, um, some tracks for him about his um, upbringing and just invite someone to come hear him. What a, what a wonderful testimony and sweet spirit he has. So you make sure you do that. Pray for him this week. Also pray for those that we had mentioned before. Now do not start writing on this card until we get done, okay? Because I want to talk to you about this card. And don't doodle on it. Don't fill in all the little circles that are in there. Just follow along with me. I say that because I do that, amen? Anybody do that? Fill in all the circles? Anybody do that? Okay, there's about three of us that are not, not lying in here. And so I want you to follow along. Mark chapter 7, verses 31 through 37. We talked about 2020. What's our 2020 going to be? Is it going to be a great year for you spiritually? Is it going to be an average year? Is it going to be a bad year? That's up to you. I wish I could answer that question for you, but I can't. That's up to you. What are you going to do with this year? As you read this story, someone's brought to Christ and he does something and he heals that person. And I want to really go in on that last part of what is said about him. As we look at, at our lives, what are we doing? What do people say about us? I mean, if, if, they were to tell your, if they were to come up and speak about your life, what would they say about it? What would God say about it? It's interesting what they said about him. And of course, we are supposed to be like Christ, correct? We're supposed to die to ourselves and live a life for him. And when we don't do that, we let God down. We let the people around us down. But here's what it says. Go to that last verse. Then we can go to another story in the Bible. In verse number 37 it says, And were beyond measure astonished. These people saw everything that he did, and they said they were astonished at him. Now I think it's very interesting that he tells people not to say anything about him, and the more he tells them not to say anything, the more they say. And I want to tell you this, we might judge them real quickly, but if I did not have any hearing and a man came, touched my ear and I could hear, I'd be telling everybody in the world about it. I'd be telling everybody if I couldn't see and he does something, I've went to all the doctors. He set, touches my eyes and now I can see. And I, I think of the lady that was, that was hurt, that had the blood issue for 12 years. When I was healed, I would tell everybody who did this. Don't you do that with a doctor? If you've ever had some diagnosis and one doctor says they can't do anything, you go to another doctor and they say, hey, I can fix this. And when they fix it, what do you do? You tell everybody about that great doctor. And so here they were astonished. But look at this next word, and I want to put this up here on the screen for you. It says, he hath done all things. What's the next word? Well. Don't you think, well, we serve a Savior that does everything well. 
He does everything great. And they were astonished at what he could do. He had done all things well. Let's, let's continue, and I want you to flip it, and I want you to kind of follow up here for just a second. We're going to go over some review real quick. We were talking about, we missed one, all right, here we go. It's still doing it, all right. Um, we were talking about this last time. It said reading, talking, remember this? You need to read for 2020. Read your Bible. Talk to God, remember that? What was the third one, anybody remember? Following. And last week, now this is only a week out there, what did we do, talk about last week? We need to seek Him. What do we do when we seek Him? The Bible says if you, you seek after Him, what? He'll, he'll, you'll find Him. He'll make Himself to you. And the, and the fifth one today is doing. We're going to talk about doing. Because doing illustrates exactly what God wants us to do. Here's some of the, 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 the rhymes I gave you. Readers are leaders. You want to be a leader in a church? You want to be a leader in life? Read your Bible. And then we talked about this. Remember this with the talkers or walkers. If you're talking with God, you're walking with Him. The third one was this. Living is giving. And we use the illustration of tithing. If we give, we, we, don't under, we underestimate exactly what God can do for us. Amen? And so in the last one last week, we are talking about how do you get to the point where you seek? You have to do two words. You either have to be meek or God wants you to become weak. And when we become weak, because in our weakness, He is made strong. But today, we're going to talk about doing. This has never been said to a pastor. I wrote this down. I don't think anyone has ever in the ministry ever has said, please tell the preacher. To, to stop telling us we need volunteers because we have too many already. Bernard, would you ever say that about um, Brookdale? Oh, we have too many preachers. Tell them to stop. They're flooding the gates. Amen? We're going to talk about ministry. If you walked in today, it wasn't all about strawberries. There's a bunch of strawberries out there, right? And if you bought strawberries for the teenagers, go ahead and get those. And there's extras out there. And they don't mean to just take everything off the table, okay? Uh, I put some displays out there, and I hope they'll stay out there the rest of the day. But I don't know with some kids around here. They might take some of the stuff, all right? I know that we had one try to take some yesterday. And I'm not going to say his last name's Bishop, but it's very close to that name, all right? But we need to make sure we understand that there's never been a time in ministry where someone says, Stop telling, asking for volunteers. We've got too many. In Matthew chapter 25, let's look at this story. When we talk about doing something, of course, this ver these verses have to be read. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 is a story you'll know when you get to it. And it's the story of the five, two, and one is what I call it. Matthew chapter 20, 25, verses 14. If you can, follow along with me. It says in verse number 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven... This is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To everyone, every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Verse number 16, And he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained the other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And watch verse number 19, because we're going to come back to this. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had, had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. 
Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. You can almost sense his attitude. I don't think he was cocky and arrogant, but I think he went in with some confidence. You gave me five and I have ten. Here they are. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents. Verse number 21, And the Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, now good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Now you can almost see his confidence, but then the next guy comes in. Then he which had received the, the one talent came and said, Lord, now you can, you can see his attitude right here. Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. That's what I call as an excuse. Remember when your mom and dad told you to do something and you're trying to weigh it out? What excuse can I give them this time? And so he looks at him and he says, Listen, I know you're a hard man. Go to verse number 20. And I was afraid and went and hid thy town in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, thou hast that is thine. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at the coming I shall have received mine own with usury. Usury is a word that we use for what? Interest. Saying, listen, if you'd have put it in a bank, we could have got some money back from it. You have five different, you have three different people, and as we look at some of these things with this, I want you to see this thing. First of all, in, in, we are not the same. We are not the same. Everybody has different abilities. If you're in the choir, raise your hand. If you're not in the choir, raise your hand. There are people that should not be in the choir, amen? I'm not saying the ones that are in the choir. That's not what I'm talking about. All right? But I'm saying there's some people that just don't want to sing. They can't sing. They can make a joyful noise and God still wants to hear you sing, but He doesn't want to hear you sing on a microphone, amen? You ever been there? But that's not, that's not to say God takes anything away from you. We are all different. Aren't you glad we are not the same? Spouses in here, aren't you thankful that your spouse is not the same as you are? Ooh. My wife and I are about as polar opposite as you can on certain issues. And then there's then our kids. We raised two kids and we thought, man, they'll be the same. <laughs> They're not the same at all. Aren't you glad that we're not the same? The second thing is, God is holding us accountable, isn't He? He holds these guys accountable. Let's look at these. I, I, I label this a five, two, and one. You have one that started with five, one that started with two, and one that in, it started with one. And as we look at this, it says in this, after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with, it, with them. Mark it down. We are not the same, but God is holding us accountable. You know what's amazing about this story is the first two people, he says the same thing to, doesn't he not? It says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Isn't that what you want to hear? That's what I want to hear. Well done. The first guy that started with five ended with ten. Now watch the second guy had the same thing said to him, and he ended with less than the first guy started with. Is that not true? First guy started with five, the second one ended with what? Four. 
But yet the same thing was said to them because God knew that we are not the same. Aren't you thankful that we're not the same? We don't have the same ability. Some of us have different abilities, and that's what I'm thankful for. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 7 and verse number 14 because we're going to talk about not the same. Sometimes I think these are my life verses. Sometimes they're probably your life verses. I love Romans, but when you read these verses, you go, okay, that is me in a nutshell. Romans chapter 7, and if you read this really fast, this is the one I always tell you that you're going to get confused on, but we're going to explain it as we go through it. In verse number 14, it says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. And watch 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. It's basically saying when you become a Christian, you are fighting your flesh with the spiritual world. The things that I'm supposed to do, I don't do. And the things that I'm not supposed to do, I do do. Have you ever done that? And who wrote this? Paul wrote this. He says he's the chiefest among sinners, but I want to tell you he's probably one of the best Christians ever walked the face of the earth. I think he was the second best Christian right after Christ when I read of what he's done because he is so intent of doing what God wants him to do. We are not the same, and I'm so thankful we're not. Keep reading it. Keep going. It says in verse number um, 16, If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Now then it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. He labels what it is. A lot of people don't want to call sin, sin. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Amen. That's a good, good verse, Pastor Wagner. That is a great verse because in our flesh there is nothing that's good. Have you ever done something and go, I just can't believe I just did that. We were at a restaurant just recently. We walked out of the restaurant to our car, and there's a $20 bill on the ground. On the way down to that $20 bill, a lot of different emotions happen, amen? Like, praise God, God paid for my meal. And then it wasn't very long after that, I thought, this is not my money. You ever been there? And then what are you going to do? You know what I did? I took the money, and my wife said, give that to me. And I gave it to her, and we left. That's not what we did. All right. But I took that money, and I went back in the restaurant that I was at and said, and I know what happened to that money. I gave it to the wait- waitress. I said, if somebody dropped a $20 bill, if they ask you about it, this is, this is it. It was found out right outside your, your restaurant. You know what that wait- waitress probably did when I left? <laughs> and put it in there. But you know what? That's not on me. That's on her. But my emotions are just going off like there's $20. God provides in miraculous ways. Sharing with the Sunday school class, you know you're getting older when you drop two things on the ground and you kick one to the other so you only have to bend over once, amen? Been there, done that. And as I, th- I thought about that money, you know, what would you do? I just read recently, did you read the story about the, the, the lady that, that had the ottoman and she opened it up and there was 40, like $30,000 or $40,000 inside of it? And she returned it to where it came from? I wonder how many people would have done that. We are not all the same. Keep reading as we go through this in verse number 18. 
For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. If you underline things, you need to underline that one because we've got to realize who we are. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. See, I know what I'm supposed to do, Paul says, but he goes, sometimes I don't do it. We are not all the same. Keep reading. It says, now, that, now if I do that which I would not, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my, in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin which is in my members. And verse number 24, how appropriate is this for us? O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? Question mark. You know, don't you get tired of just battling? Of what you do and what you don't do? One day we're going to stand before God. We could be the five, two, or one. We're not the same. We've got to figure out what we are. You know what we've got to stop doing? Can't be any more excuses. Not only that, as we've got to understand, we've got to move forward. When God tells us to do something, we've got to do it. I'm going to say this really quick. I, I was amazed yesterday when I went down and I saw the Operation Strawberry. Amen? They said they were down at this house, our, our missions house doing the strawberries. Just so you understand, if you're just coming in here this morning, they did over, how many, where's Josh at? He's not, Josh, how many were you anticipating when you first did this? Maybe 50 dozen. They did over 105 dozen strawberries. We had one casualty of war. Somebody cut their finger real bad. And it's on one strawberry. We don't know which one. No, it's not on any strawberries. All right. Um, but we go, we go and we look at all this stuff. And, and I was amazed all the people in there. There were grandparents in there. There were kids in there. There were, parents, there were teenagers in there. There were workers in there. They were tying them all off. They were dipping the straw. These were not already made. They made them all themselves. You know what I'm thankful for? That we have workers. Then I come over to the church building. And Lynn is in there cutting up the onions. I said, I love onions. She said, you should have been here when we cut them up then because they're so, they're so strong. She's making the hamburger meat. And then Patsy's doing everything. Patsy wears a cape when it comes to some of the things she does in this church. We were de they were decorating, Trish and them were decorating the day before. You know, it's nice to have people. And then after the banquet, I think we had about 50 people at the banquet, close to it with the workers. And then after the banquet, you know what? People stayed and helped pick up and put things down. You know, we are blessed beyond all measure. We have a lot of workers in here. We can't make excuses anymore. We've got to move forward. We all have different talents. Daniel did the games last night. There's some people that would not want to do the games. There's other people that would love to do the games. He said something to me. He said, he said in Sunday school, he said, I like being in charge of the games because I know I won't be embarrassed at the games. Little did you know that I sat down before the, before the service and I said, listen, do not embarrass me in front of people. I do that enough myself, I don't need you to do it. And I don't know if he changed, but he did read one of the things my wife wrote about me, that she wanted to get rid of me because I was useless. Is what, what, was, what were some of those words? She's had me for over 25 years. She wanted to get rid of me because of that. Can you believe that, Phyllis? What was the other one? And I'm ugly. 
Well, I got to tell the whole story. It was basically, he asked a question: if you could, if you could sell one of your husband's things at a yard sale, what would it be? Well, she picked this shirt that I've saved since college. It's white with yellow polka dots. It's in the corner. I can't wear it. I wear <laughs> shirt, and this is a medium shirt. But she knows not to get rid of it. It's just sitting there. It's been sitting there for 25 years. And, she, and I thought she was calling me ugly. She's actually calling the shirt ugly. Okay, so I'm not, all the things I said about you last night, I did not mean in. But as you look at all these things, God does a wonderful work in our life. He makes us all different. We, we've got to understand we have different talents. But with different talents comes this, different problems. You think about Bruce Fry. The one thing he relies on is being able to play the, play the guitar. Now he has a hand problem. That's a big issue. That's why Bible Baptists needs to pray for him. It could, it could cancel his whole ministry. With big, big, big differences and, and different problems, there, there's responsibilities we must understand. And look at this. God can still use us. Amen? Aren't you thankful that God can still use us? Even though we do the things we're not supposed to do, as the Bible says, God can still use us. So today is this. It just went through the other one again. I love my church Sunday. How do you like that? I've got a shirt here, and I'm going to give this away to somebody. Is that all right, Kelly? All right. And if anybody wants it, they can come see me. I'm dropping things everywhere. We've designed a new shirt. Actually, it's going to be a little bit different than this. It says, I love my church, Bible Baptist Church. Amen? You want this shirt? Would you wear this shirt? All right, I'll give you. For sitting in the front row. All right? So I love my church Sunday. Get your card out. I want to show you something really quick. If you go out in the foyer, you'll see some booths out there. We're going to go over some booths. All right. Here we go. We're going to talk about these things. There are the nursery, Awana, Kingdom's Kids, Yard Maintenance, Bus Maintenance, Brookdale, Psalm 126, Security. If you can bear with me for just a second, I'm going to go through every one of these and explain what they are. These are 10 areas in our church that we need help with. These are not the whole 10 areas. If you notice, I did not even put Sunday school down there. We always need help with Sunday school. We've got a visitation program we need help with. But these are the 10 areas that I wanted to single out today on I Love My Church Sunday. I want you to follow along with what they are. Nursery. Tamara, do you have enough nursery workers? No. We always need nursery workers, amen? Tamara, if she could stand up real quick. She's in charge of the nursery. She's also in charge of the Wannas. Could you stand up really quick so everybody knows who you are, okay? And I want you to sing one verse of, no, I'm not going to do that. All right, Tamara's in charge of the nursery. Do you need some Awana workers? Absolutely. We need some Awana workers. So then we have that, she does that. Kingdom's kids, where's she at? Terry, can you stand up real quick? Just real quick, just real quick. All right, here we go. Okay, what's your favorite verse? I'm just, I'm just kidding you. All right. Uh, Terry is in charge of, of Kingdom's Kids. Kingdom Kids is what? Every Sunday morning we have something for the kids normally. And she needs help with this. It can be a couple that can help her. All right, go to the next one, yard maintenance. I'm going to have you stand up for Peter. Can you stand up, Judy, real quick? Okay, yard maintenance. This lady and her husband take care of our yard. We need some help with that. If you can go help them. The next one's bus maintenance. I'm in charge of the bus maintenance. When it says bus maintenance, it's basically bus cleaning. I said this to the men in prayer breakfast, and I want to tell you this. I am so thankful for our men in our church. There were two men that I wanted to help in this bus maintenance. I didn't say anything to them, but they both came up to me after the church men's prayer breakfast said, I'll do it. But you know what? We still need more people to do it. What that means is we need people to clean the buses once a month. 
And you say, well, I can't do much, but I can do that. See, the problem is, we park, well, you say you park your buses underneath those things. We do, but so do the birds. The birds park under there too, and we have to clean what the birds are doing. And so we need to clean those buses out there. Brookdale. I'll have Bernard stand up real quick. Bernard is in charge of Brookdale. You know, Brookdale is a ministry every Sunday, every Saturday, and you just go once a month, and you go and you, you minister to the people over at Brookdale over here. We average anywhere from 8 to 15 people in a service. We sing songs. We, we preach to them. And you get to love these people. I know most of them by name now. Margaret's my favorite lady over there. She'll come give me a hug every day that I'm over there. Do you need some help at your Brookdale? Absolutely. We've got enough to sur sur survive right now, but it sure would be nice to have a couple more couples that say, hey, I'll go once a month. All right, so that we got that one. The next one is Psalm 126. If you're in charge of that, stand up. Over here, Wayne Cowden is in charge of that. Every other Tuesday night, they go to Psalm 126. Psalm 126 is a ministry to a hospital. And you go up and you visit with them. If you go out there, you'll see the packets. You give a little bag to them. And there's some rules and regulations that you have to follow. But most people are in the hospital for a bad thing. And you're going in there and you're giving them a snack that doesn't cost them anything. And then you, you might have the ability to pray with them. And you write their name down. It's sort of a visitation program. And we get more cards from that ministry than any other ministry. It's a great ministry. The next one is security. You say, why do you have to have that? This is a Baptist church. Because of the world. Larry Hilton, if he could stand up real quick, Larry Hilton's in charge of that. And it, there's other people, and I saw some people sign up for, for security just recently. I know Riley signed up, and there's some other people that have signed up for that. And that's great, because we always need security. There's people right now watching your cars. And they're from our church, amen? You always need some help. Every service we do that. The next one, the jail ministry, where is he at? Could you stand up? In the back, Mike Brown has a jail ministry. He needs some help. His wife does a lot of stuff for this and does a lot of different um, stuffing envelopes and, and, and grading their papers and does all this. Both of them do a bunch of stuff and they need some help. All right, and so go ahead and have a seat. Choir, I'm going to have Daniel stand up for that. We have a choir. He is the guy that plays the piano for us. I direct the choir. If you can sing, join us. We would love to have you. Will you say, I used to do that. I used to do that. We still need you to do it. Go ahead and have a seat. So we've got all these ten ministries. And you say, do you normally do this on a Sunday? No, I don't. But I want you to see what we've done. Now, go back to that story. The story says this, well done, thou good and faithful servant. See what I've under, underlined? The word do. We need to do some stuff. This, I'm trying to motivate more people to say, okay, I will do some more things. If we had everybody, I, I would love to get to the point where we say, oh no, Tamara doesn't need any more nursery workers. We've got plenty. We've got plenty. I've only been in one ministry at one point where we had to turn workers away. And that was just one aspect of that ministry. You say, why are you doing this? Because I love this church. And today on I Love My Church Sunday, we always need some help. Are we, are we dying with, with not having enough? We have enough, but we always need more. And I want God to say this to me when He sees me. Well done, thou good and faithful service. God did not, Jesus didn't come on this earth to do nothing. He came on the earth to get a job done. 
And that's what we should be doing. So let's look at this. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 18. After a long time, the Lord of the servants cometh and reckoneth with them. God is holding us accountable. And I want you to look at one, one verse. Um, and it's this next, next portion of Scripture. It says this in 2 Timothy. You don't need to turn to it because it's going to be up here. 2 Timothy chapter 4 says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Can you sense what Paul is saying here? He's saying, listen, I'm about ready to pass away. But I'm going to tell you what I've learned. We've got to do something. Look what he says. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I love those verses, some of my key verses in my life when I look at it. I don't know what, what other things I can do, but I know I can do these if I, just, if I stick to it. Look at these three aspects. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Then he adds something to it that most people don't put with this. It's the next verse. It says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only. I love that Paul does that. Because Paul was never about himself. I think if I would have wrote it, I would have left that out. But it says, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You know what I call this? I call this the I have cube. There's three things that he talks about that he's done. And he says, listen, I have fought, I have fought a good fight. The Christian life is a good fight. It says this, I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. What does that mean to you? You want God to think that about you? I want God to think that about me. And sometimes in our life, we don't do that. We, we understand that there's things in our life where we don't finish what God has given us. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem if you're, not, if you're not in the choir. I know Larry Hilton right now is having um, voice problems because we, he's been sick. I understand that. I've had voice problems. But if you have an ability that God's given, you better use it. Can you imagine what the third servant thought when he walked up? Oh, you're a hard man. I just put your money in the dirt. I can dig it up, though. I'll give it back to you. I don't want to ever be able to look at God in the eye and have to say, I haven't done, done my job. And I'm telling you right now, I see so many people in this, in this auditorium that do so many different things. We have Mrs. Copenhaver up in the front that does the, does the library. She does the bulletin board for me. I mean, I can go through and give a list of everything that's going on. You say, well, what, what's, why are you trying to do this? Because I want you to understand that there's some things we've got to do to take us to the next step. And the next level is going to require more people. And it's going to requir require more requirements. And it's, going to, and it's going to take us to the next level. Because I don't want 2020 to be the worst year of my life, just an average year. How many of you would say, you know, I want my life to be average? I don't want that. I want someone to say to, about me, hey, he did a great job. I don't want to say it myself. I want to hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Can you imagine hearing that from God? Well, he's not going to say that if I'm sitting. He's only going to say that if I'm serving. And you say, well, I can't do anything. Well, there's one aspect everybody in this room can do. You know what it is? Pray. Do you not think the security needs our prayer? Do you not think the jail ministry needs our prayer? Brookdale needs our prayers? Bernard, you and I have talked about this. Brookdale has changed in the last two years since I've been there. You know what's hard about that ministry? And I, I don't know if you guys, there's other people in here I'm thinking. Larry goes and he does things on the last week. You know, there's some people that I don't see and I go, what, what happened? 
and I, and I, I love them. And then I find out that they're no longer with us. There's one particular lady that used to come and sing and sing and sing, and I'd call her Junebug. Her name is June, and everybody calls her Junebug, and she would just get up and sing and sing and sing. But in the last two years, things have changed. And she was sitting out there in, in the foyer one day, and, and I said, June, I missed you today. And she said, I was there. And I, and I sat down there, and I talked with her for a second, I prayed with her, and I walked out. And when I walked out, it started, I started crying a little bit because she wasn't in there with us. Her mind is slipping. It's a hard ministry. You sit there and, and you want what's best for these people, but you know they're in there for a reason. And you don't know how long you've got with them. But I want to put a smile on their face. You know what I do at, at, at Brookdale sometimes? I'll sing children's songs to them with action songs. I'll ask them questions. How many grandkids they got? Where are they from? I want them to know that I care about them. God wants us to do something for Him. It's a different message this morning, but I want, I want this to be said. He hath done all things well. I love this church. I love the people in this church. But we've got to realize that God's got something great for us. But we've got to do our job. If we don't do our job, what are we doing? The Bible says this. You say, well, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could do that to Psalm 126. I've got to go talk to people at a hospital. Wayne, will you put somebody out where they don't know what they're doing, or will you put somebody with them that knows what they're doing? It's just that simple. And mark it down. When you go to Psalm 126, you'll be hooked on it. I do not go on that one because I want my wife to have her own ministry. She goes and she does Psalm 126. And she'll come back almost every time and say, we, we met some people that really needed the Lord. Or we met some sweet Christians that are going through a lot of different things. Isn't it, great, isn't it going to be great when you go, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. If you want to get out of your element, get out of your element. Well, I'm quiet, I can't talk. Then pray. Or join the choir, sing, help with the kids. I will tell you this, when we work with the kids, there are some requirements that you're going to have to go through. We want to protect the kids in every aspect, just like we have the security. We've got to protect the kids in every aspect. But I want, I want to be able to look at God, maybe not in the eye, but look down and say, Lord, I've done everything I possibly could for you. I wasn't, I wasn't saved to do nothing. I was saved to serve. Just like you were brought on this earth to serve us and serve this world. I want to do something. And I want Him to be able to look at me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I also want Him to say in this my life, and He'll never say it, but I'd love to hear it. He hath done well, all, He hath done all things well. Aren't we supposed to be like Christ? I want you to take your card, and you don't need to turn it in today. I want you to turn it in next week. But I want you to take your card and pray about a ministry. If you're already in a ministry, mark that ministry off. And say, and if you want to know more information, I will, I will get those cards together and I will show them to Brookdale. I will show them to Wayne. I will show those to Tamara. And, and, and as I'm talking about these people, how many of you, if, if you're in charge of a ministry, would you stand up real quick if I use you as an example? Stand up real quick for me. Still waiting. Over here. Is there anybody here that doesn't need any help? Everybody need help with these? You know what? As a team, we'll get more done. Why did Jesus have 12 disciples? He needed more than just one. If you walked up to Tamara and said, Tamara, how can I help you? Tamara would probably go, 
heart attack. What's going on? What are you doing? You know, if you walked up, if you walked up to Bernard and said, Bernard, can I help you? No, I don't need your help. I've got enough help. I don't think he's going to say that. But I want you to do this. I want you to think in your mind, if God, if you were to go home this week, what would be your excuse for not doing what God has for you here in many different aspects of ministry? Well, I could sing, but I just didn't want to. It requires that I come here on Sunday night and I, and I sing Sunday morning, Sunday night. Or maybe I'll have to give up a Tuesday night or, or a Wednesday night or a, or a service. But you know what? We need to make sure we do get the job done. You guys can have a seat. Every one of these guys that I've talked to and ladies that I've talked to, they need some help. And I wish we could get up next week and say, hey, Bernard's full, he doesn't need any more. Wayne's got too many. We've got too many people in the choir. We're going to have to bust out the sidewalls. We're going to sing around the outside of the church so that we can get all the choir members in there. That's not going to happen. But we need to understand that God didn't save us to sit. And I'll end it with this. You've got to choose what you want. I was in ministry. Um, I, was my, my, I have a ministry major. And I'll never forget this. I was a youth pastor to begin with. And I remember going to the youth pastor and saying, listen, I, I, am, I want to be a youth pastor. I never had a youth pastor. I said, I want to be a youth pastor, and I, I just want to help you in any area that I can. And I'm going to date myself with this, because when I did this, he said, I want you to do the bulletins for me. The bulletins, when I did them, were not put in a copier. Some of you are going to understand what this is. They were put on this thing, and they had blue ink on them. And you would start cranking them like this. And can I tell you something? If you got one little bit of blue on you, it could be all over your body and you'd look like a Smurf in three minutes. And I remember I'd crank those things out and then I'd take them to him and, and we were not doing things like you would on a computer. You would cut and paste and tape and do all this thing. And we would, we would crank those out. And then I said, okay, I, I started doing that. And I started doing that every week for him. Then I finally said, I said, is there anything else I can do to, for you? Can I go to, on activities with you? Because I want to know how activities work. And I want to tell you, the youth group that they had was a rough youth group. They had over 300 kids that they would have in the youth group. I remember going on a, on a bus trip, and there was only like eight workers. And I thought, if they revolt, there's nothing we can do. But I look back at those times, and I'm thankful that I did what I did. Because there was over 25 or 30 youth pastor majors, and me and one other guy were the only ones helping the youth pastor. Oh, they were going to serve, but when were they going to serve? When they got out in the ministry. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just telling you, if you want to do something, there's plenty of stuff for you to do. Amen? So here's what I want you to do. If God were to look at you and He gave you five talents, what would you do with those five talents? If God were to look at you and He gave you two, what would you do? If God were to give you one, what would you do? You know, all the same answer is this, that you need to use those talents for Him not keep them in. You think God wants to use you? Or do you think God just wants you to come to this church? There's something about serving that makes Jesus sweet. Because you're truly like Him at that point. And I'm so thankful. We have numerous people in this room that are Christ-like. I like it when people just join the church and they jump right in. I'm going to brag on the birches. They were there and they helped yesterday. Right afterwards, they were helping us put things away. 
I, they didn't have to go, now what do I need to do? Aren't you thankful for servants? With every head bowed and every eye closed. We have a lot of servants here. But we don't need 10% of the people to do 90% of the work. And we, I don't feel like we have that. We're probably 40% of the people do 60% of the work. But I'm giving you an opportunity to look at this and say, okay, what can I do? What ability do I have? What has God given me that I can use for His glory? How many of you in here say that God has given you an ability? Would you raise your hand with no one looking around? I want to see the people that have abilities. It's not making fun. It's not saying, oh, I can't. if I raise my hand, I'll be prideful. No, everybody in this room has an ability. You know, I think of what Terry needs workers for. It can be a husband and wife team that they can go up and they can just do one Sunday a month and help her with this. How many of you believe that when you have that ability that God wants you to use that ability to His glory? Would you raise your hand? No one looking around. All over the auditorium. Every worker in here is praying that five people will walk up to him and say, I need help. I'll help you. And I don't want the same person going to everybody and saying, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this, I'll do that. We need different people to jump in. And you say, well, I can't do anything. Oh, but you can. You could pray for these ten ministries. Because they need it just as much as anything. Different message today, but as I look and I think five, two, and one, which one am I? And then I look at what Paul writes and I do the things I shouldn't do and... Lord, I don't want to do that. And then I look at what Paul writes. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. It's what God wants us to do. Lord, may we understand that you have something for us, Lord. May we understand that we love this church. We love you. With that love for you, we're going to serve you in every area. Right now we have people outside watching and people inside watching. We have people in the nursery taking care of kids. What will we do without volunteers? What will we do without sweet people here that do many different things and never complain? Sometimes we don't see what they do. Sometimes we don't realize. I'm thinking of Peter and Judy. Sometimes they come here and work all day Saturday. Sometimes it's even an off day that they come on and they do things on the church property. Think of Alan Cowden. He comes around and fixes the lights and does all these other different things. Cowden boys, how they clean and they do things. Hang these flags. Rosemary comes in and decorates. People don't see all these things. But they all get done from volunteers. Lord, may I be a servant. May we be servants of this church.